Welcome to the Garage Guys NASCAR Race Recap Show, or the Garage Guys NASCAR Podcast, as we call it now. We just still call it that because it helps it sound familiar, but it's just the Garage Guys NASCAR Podcast. Uh, lots to catch up on this week. It is Wednesday, September. See, this is bad, Dale. This is bad. It's September 21st. We're already almost through the month of September. We just got back from Bristol. Uh, lots to unpack from that. Truck race, Xfinity race, and cup. Very fun time. Shout out to Hooters. Uh, shout out to everybody that was involved in the weekend itself. Uh, just had an all-over great time. And then uh, kind of capped it off in Charlotte with the off-axis 500. Uh, Dale and I ran in the Influencer 100 race. And uh, we learned that we kind of suck at the, those go-karts. We, we definitely need to turn some more laps. So lots to dive into. I ended up flying home. Dale drove home. Uh, so it, tired boy season, a little bit more for Dale than for me. Um, how you holding up, partner? Yeah, so Tuesday was our travel day. So that was why we – this is a late drop, I guess. but um yeah i'm tired but it was uh, it was all worth it bristol was fun as always and the off-axis thing was was a lot of fun too got to meet a lot of cool people out there a lot of drivers are involved in that event like a lot and, and there's a lot that come out there and just watch and hang out too so that was a really cool deal i think i i, I started figuring out the course pretty well the gopro motorplex actually um if I ran a, a few more times, I feel like I could run pretty competitively. I was figuring out during the race. So, yeah, it was a great weekend. Uh, I think there's a lot to talk about with the cup race and the playoff situation and all the issues, all the all the, the chaos that we saw on Saturday night with Toyota, with Ford and the tire issues late race opposite of heroics uh it's it's a crazy crazy race that we saw saturday night and xfinity was was great always puts on a show trucks pretty good race there too so yeah it was a uh, one hell of a weekend to say the least it was and we're gonna have uh video footage of pre-race at bristol along with some other events uh that will be on this week's episode of bringing winston back uh, currently editing that show as we speak so you're getting this podcast if you're listening to this i'm in the process of editing will it probably be another midnight release of this show if my internet wants to allow for a two-hour upload probably so I'm going to do my best to get it out late tonight, but it, uh, and that when I say tonight, I mean Wednesday, because you might be listening to this in 2025. And if so, you're fucked. This is very old. Um, but hopefully most of you that are listening to this are listening now, um, here in 2022. But yeah, uh, I, I have to say that, you know, we, we had a great time. My favorite night, it, it's you can't really pin it down like I, I will say that the cup race was very exciting but as far as like in terms of like fun and just interaction and just like all over just like a hilarious environment friday night 
doing the DFS preview show on Pit Road at Bristol, we had uh, I Set My Friends on Fire, which is a band that I was like obsessed with in high school, Matt and Nate. It's funny now because Nate actually works in NASCAR uh, with Joe Graff Racing. So they popped onto the show. Brad Perez hopped on the show. And then we had Justin Allgaier come out of nowhere. And uh, Dale interrogated the fuck out of him. And it was hilarious. And then yeah. he ended up proving that he was a hustler. And he took money from both of us. R.I.P. If you listened to that podcast, I, I know audio was brutal. I figured out the problem, by the way. Um, so I was so just like I, I was probably like really stoned when I was editing that. I was definitely stoned, and I did not swap the audio from left to right. I didn't center our audio, so I was on left. If you were in a car or you were listening on like a big stereo, you heard me from the left and you from the right. So anything from those sides, but if you're on a phone or something like that without using headphones, you heard it just like normal. Either way, even without that, I'm still RIP because it was just chaos. Like if you weren't watching it on YouTube, I feel like you just had no fucking clue what was happening. Like it, it was just uh, person after person, like all the drivers were exiting the track. So we just constantly stop and wave or people were waving at us or running up to us and. Uh, like you said, all those guys came in, and Justin Allgaier is the fucking man. We we hung out with him again on Monday at the Off Axis event. The riot, and uh, he's just a great sport and is able to have fun with it. It's just so able to. It's just a strong ability to have for someone of his stature in, in NASCAR to be able to stop and like make fun of himself and and enjoy uh, the fun in the mistakes that you make that's even if it's on the track like that's a huge admirable quality of someone like him so i i appreciate the hell out of out of justin allgaier for jumping on our show and continuing to have fun with us on on his uh pit road speeding penalty it costed me a lot of money uh but it definitely makes up a little bit for that pain just it, you just got to go back and watch it on garage guys nascar podcast on youtube if you want to skip all the all the other fluff, you skip to, I guess, the 14 or 15 minute mark. It is fucking great. We love greatest DFS show ever recorded. Very analytical, very stat filled. Um, if you like Excel spreadsheets, this is the show for you. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. I couldn't think yeah. of a better way to say it. Yeah. Did you think Justin would be like, was that really like your first time like interacting with him? No. Uh, remember, we. I interacted with him at Talladega because he photo video bombed my oh, my yeah, betting in video Nashville. in Nashville, and then and then yeah, we I truly formally met him in Nashville in Victory Lane, right? So yeah, that's it's our third and our third and fourth interaction. I think this was the first time we really got to see like his goofy side, like his comedic side, kind of come out. And I was talking with Sam Mayer um uh off axis 500 and we were kind of just talking about that in general um obviously with my whole deal with bwb and the comedy sketches and stuff like that's something that i, I love is just the comedy itself and mayor was just telling me he was like between me noah justin and like dale jr like it is just like goof fest 24 7 so it's just our kind of people like junior motorsports is just it's our people 
Like they yes. get it and they understand. Yeah, we talked to Sam a good bit. He really nice kid. Um, and I got to interrogate him on why how he messed up at Bristol too. So I got to just and through go out. I just got to insult everybody at Junior Motorsports who who costed me money. Well, actually, no, not Josh Berry. Didn't get to talk to Josh Berry, but Very true. Yeah, Sam Ayer and Justin Allgaier broke broke the bank account on Friday night. R.I.P. to it. But I will say that, uh, yeah, I think that there there has to be a little satisfaction. I mean, you already definitely said it made you feel a little bit better. You also had a uh, a metal singer sing you a song sounding like a Pokemon. Um. That was kind of for you. Like he didn't say it was for you, but like we'll just go ahead and say that was to like lift your spirits. Yeah, I think so too. I don't know. There's so much happening right there. I I, I don't even know what he's saying. We're having two full blown separate conversations. Yeah, me and Brad were just sitting there chit chatting. I was trying to remember to turn the mic off so we weren't uh, just blowing the the audio feed up on two different sides and. I heard him singing and it was, it was great. It was great. And shout out to the truck race was kind of whatever. It was a good race, but it wasn't like, it wasn't as exciting as last year. Like this, this, the whole, the, the, all three races weren't near as exciting as they were fall of 2021, but shout out to Ty. What's that? I think the PJ one fucked it. Well, I think they laid it last year too, but just the circumstances were different. Um, but I just wanted to, and I got plenty to say about the cup race, but I just wanted to give a shout out to Ty Majeski. Been so close, knocking on the door of a win and finally got it done on Thursday night. Um, he was the one of my, he wasn't a Dale center play, but after practice qualifying, I added him as my, uh, second heaviest outright to win. So that was a good thing. Parker Kligerman got me a top five. That was the only betting thing I can say that went well throughout the whole weekend everything else was just pain and suffering when it was all this fucking close but shout out to ty majeski and thor sport love thor sport racing we've become good friends with them in 2022 with ben rhodes as well and john Sauter. so uh yeah our girl lynn always killing it over on the thor sport side and they swept bristol which is fucking awesome and, and ty majeski it's been a long time coming for that dude and i got to meet him and give him my give him my best and my congratulations and Helped helped out the garage fam a good bit on Thursday night, but you have to make. I think the yeah we gotta we gotta do something for him and Ben for sure. Maybe in the off season we'll do something. Oh man, that would be uh that would be great. We'll do a bake sale, big bake sale, boys. It's us. No, I uh I, I definitely think that we should be the guys that have a party. Like we've discussed this before, and I feel like with us and the connections that we have made and how we kind of been conducting business inside of, you know, the motorsports scene, it, it almost makes sense for us to like have a Christmas party or like a Halloween party or possibly if we move up there. I would love to just have like a Mardi Gras party where we just like find a way to fly crawfish up and boil it but it's also during like it would be during the weeks we'd have to do it in like february or possibly like it'd have to be an off season because you he's know, got half these guys would, would be like disgusted by crawfish i could just already uh, tell my buddy like, in New York literally it was like co- you eat cockroaches that's that's fucking gross like you eat cockroaches you eat red water cockroaches i fucking i don't care 
Mm-mm, they're delicious. They're delicious. Yeah. He eats like purple fish on like the Sabbath. Like, he's a Jewish guy. So I'm like, dude, like you eat like literally like purple fish on a plate with rice. Like it is fucking disgusting. So yeah, they should they, they should never make fun of us uh southern boys that like crawfish. I'll never I'll never just like knock any any kind of seafood until i really try it like yeah, i love seafood so like I, and i love love fish man love fish so i i am i will try any seafood before so i just party shit on it. it we're gonna get a bunch yeah, of crawfish. i'm down we're gonna boil crawfish and be like hey for everybody that has won us money at any point in time thanks here's a crawfish boil and then um and then we'll just do that that sounds like the best course of action so we can we can discuss that all day long. We got plenty of all season time to do that. We but I do I do want to like like for example for like Martin Truex, I want to send him an invitation, telling him he's not invited. Like, yeah. can we do that with like him? Um, maybe Kyle Busch too. Actually, no, it's it's not his fault. No, it's like, not his fault what happened to him. No, but not. but Truex, Truex yeah. for sure. Let's let's send him an invitation saying that he's formally not invited to the to the crawfish boil we need a lot of people in on it like we need to get multiple people that will be there in on it and like basically like like fake invite him to this uh, like suit and tie event that we're putting on and like literally have an address on there like he has to go to like men's warehouse get fitted i'm sure he wouldn't have to do that but basically like he'd have to go all out like wings tuxedo and then we put an address on there and he just shows up and it's just like a bunch of like homeless people like gathered around a fire pit and they're just like yeah you know let's just let's just make the address like the nearest like jail jailhouse yeah but then he just he pulls up and he'd see it in like a heartbeat like we'd have to do like latitude longitude yeah yeah like coordinates or some kind of shit like make like an escape room be like a fun a fun time you know or or we just send him an invitation that looks like he's invited and then it actually says like we're letting you know that you are not invited and then he just looks at it and he's like well what the fuck is this the bouncers would have shirt would be his face on it that says no martin it had like a red like bar over it like and everyone that came through they'd be like are you martin and like he he would like he's standing across the street just watching that happen and just like probably cry. Should ate that fucking hot dog, bro. Yeah, we'll send the same thing to his PR guy too. I'm gonna send him a hot dog with a sharpie. <laughs> That's what I'm assuming. It's some aluminum foil. It's some aluminum foil, baby. Yeah, but like a really old, stale one. Yeah, we'll think about it. But anyway, we don't want to poison Martin with old hot dogs. I guess we just want to put him uh, in you know a work release program. For like maybe a month, I would say that that would be fair enough. I think a month would be would be fine. But like, but for Bristol, we can't really blame just him because all the Toyotas were bulls. They were all just complete animals exploding, couldn't stay on the course. The only two that survived, Chris Bell and I believe Denny Hamlin. There was the only two Yodas that made it all the way through. Yeah, um, this. I'll just go out and say it. This was not a good race, in my opinion. It was not a good race at all. Like, even if we would have, was, yeah. And and I'll just to be clear here. Like, I also thought Daytona was a was a bad race, not a good Daytona race. We're also dealing one. 
and I won a lot of money that day. And I lost a lot of money on, on, on Saturday night, but it was just not a good race at all. It was so marred by these issues with Toyota, these tire issues with Ford. Uh, it, it was just a disaster from the start. And I don't know what's going on internally with Toyota, why this is happening. Um, the flat tires is just a nightmare, a continued nightmare. And the biggest, the biggest problem to the racing product in 2022 in the NASCAR Cup Series has been this issue with these tires going down. And in particular, for at Bristol, it was right fronts. And it wasn't a wear issue. The tires had virtually no fall off, very little fall off. And we just ha inexplicably have tires going flat. And it was more of a Ford issue. And combining that with the, the aforementioned Toyota problem internally with power steering and Kyle Busch losing an engine, it just, to me, it just completely marred the race. It, it, it was just uh, a shit fest of chaos, but, but in a bad way. We saw one big natural crash that was caused by Daniel Suarez, took out three or four guys and... I mean, the drama on the playoff side was cool because I do like the feel when guys are trying to repair the race cars and get back in it to earn points. That gives you an old school vibe on like a championship feel uh, when everybody's repairing their cars, get back in the race, trying to earn as many points as possible to ensure they can make it into the next round. So Ryan Blaney's team takes the cake there, like one of the first guys to crash out with the tire issue. They busted their asses to get their car back in, and they ended up with a, with a 30th place finish, made the playoffs or made the round of 12. And, you know, we hadn't mentioned the guys that got eliminated. All RCR, uh, ghosts of RCR were, were here to curse them because the past RCR driver, Kevin Harvick, got eliminated. Current RCR drivers, Tyler Reddick, Austin Dillon, get eliminated. And future RCR driver, Kyle Busch, gets eliminated. So it was, I'm well, fucking pissed together. I I'm fucking pissed that Austin Sender got through, but another strong effort of just surviving after having early problems. But now nah, I obviously mean you both hate it for fucking Tyler Reddick with his no. championship hopes and, and Austin Dillon too. But Kyle Bush, I, I wish I would have just stuck to my gut and not bet on him over the past three weeks after I said, on this podcast and playoff predictions, I think I may have been the only person who said this, that Kyle Busch would not make the round of 12. Buddy Paul was right as well. He did tell me that before we talked about it, that they talked about it too. So you and Buddy were, I think, the only two people I know that said Kyle would be out in the first round. Well, there you go. Great minds, great minds think alike with Buddy. But oh, buddy. My, Seth. inability to finish races straight up. That's what it's been like for Kyle Busch. And – I think me and you both thought Bowman wouldn't make it. We thought Briscoe wouldn't make it, maybe. Yeah. Chase Briscoe, all he had to do was survive. Chase Briscoe was one of the only Fords that just didn't blow a tire, and he, he survived the whole event. Um, and who the, Alex Bowman, his run at Kansas really, really helped him out uh, oh. with a top-five run there. So, yeah, I um, – the race, the race was just was not good in my opinion. But big, big congratulations to Chris Buescher. It's been a long time for him. I saw him at the off-axis race and and gave him my congratulations. Um, and, and congrats to all the Chris Buescher betters too. 
if you got them at 80 to 1, 120 to 1, there were some uh, 150 to 1. There were some pretty wild betting slips out there. So it's good for the NASCAR betting betting community for sure that that happened. But all in all, I'm very disappointed in how this race went. Yeah, I mean, look, this is the way that I explained it, and I'll have this on the new episode of BWB, too. I, I talked about it a good bit. I talked about you and I and having the conversation about Blaney and Blaney's pit crew and, you know, them basically taking everything that they can to make it for the better and, and to get him through. That's what champions do, you know. Um, also had some other comments about suspension and whatnot. So you have to just listen for that. So I have a diagram that I drew on an expo board, so it'll be fun. But, uh, but the thing with this race, I guess, and the thing that really sticks out to me the most is, you know, the theme of the year has been the car, right? You know, we got a brand new car. We can't get this tire issue figured out. The tire issue has been the number one thing that has stuck out all season. This, this fuel pump thing, I don't personally remember it being a heavy issue throughout the year. Now, maybe if I go look back, I might see a race or two where it happened. This seems more of like a new thing that is happening, but it's not just happening to Kyle Busch. It's happening to multiple drivers. Uh, for some reason, Christopher Bell and Denny Hamlin, not as much. Um, so Am I going to go Naspiracy with it? No, because I do personally really think that you've got to kind of look at this the way that you would look at, you know, any new major equipment change. For me, it's this probably is the worst comparison in the world. I don't care. Um, I compare it like when you go buy an iPhone, you know, you go buy the brand new iPhone when it comes out, you know, that phone's going to like have glitches and it's going to be kind of fucked. And you're going to have to wait for a while before all the kinks get worked out. And then right around the time that the kinks get worked out, like they just start funneling new software. And then the next thing you know, they got a brand new one, like right around the corner. The latter things of what I just explained aren't going to happen. But just like with anything that is new, there are going to be issues. There's going to be problems. And if we find ourselves in this situation in 2023, that's when I feel like it's like, okay, this is beyond fucked at this point and nothing has been done. And that's when I feel like you're going to see like riot. You're going to see picket signs. You know what I mean? Because that's when it'll be an issue. Like they have the rest of this season to keep trying to work on this car. They have the off season to really figure out what they need to do to get these problems behind. And you still have the possibility of teams figuring something out with this car that makes them run away with it going into 2023. Now that'll be very hard and that is supposed to be the case, but I just can't help but feel like we are going to have a huge jump in understanding and in innovation with the gen seven in 2023. Well, and, and more and more drivers are starting to mention it when they get interviewed. And this is what happens. This is the one problem that could happen with, with spec, with spec racing. And that's all. That's simply the parts. We've heard Truex say it. Kyle Larson mentioned it. Uh, Harvick has said it. Just crappy and quote unquote crappy parts, piece of shit parts. And that could be an issue with spec. Everybody has these same exact parts from a handful of distributors. So you don't put it together right. It's not. And that's the thing. It's affecting almost everybody. It's not just 
hey, these lower tier teams are the ones experiencing the problems and the engine failures. It's everybody. It, it's it's it doesn't just pick and choose. Now, I don't know what the deal was with Ford and and if they had a different PSI or, or camber they were using in their setup that was causing their their tire issues which it probably i think was something something to do with their camber setup but i wonder with toyota if they are were and are experimenting with truex and kyle bush because truex didn't make the playoffs right and kyle bush they've been just treating him like a piece of shit most of this year it seems like outside the car and inside the car i called that from day one that it, this was way too fishy they're both way too fishy with how they were treating kyle bush early in the season during their contract negotiations they didn't want him to come back they never wanted him to come back i think even the deal about oracle falling through is a lie is a fucking lie they're, they they could have gotten kyle bush back if they wanted them it was just, Are you calling Joe Gibbs uh, a, a hypocrite? Is he not a man of faith passing out all those pamphlets? Yeah, I mean, look. Conspiracy? Satan worshiper? I think you, I think even uh, someone as religious as Joe Gibbs will, will throw everything out to get his grandson what he wants. True. So, Very true. Now, blood runs thicker. But uh, exactly. But, but for real, though, like you got to wonder with what we've seen. In two of the past three races, if we're testing something with Kyle Busch and Martin Truex, like, hey, they're the guys, they're the they're the odd guys out here at Joe Gibbs, essentially, with Truex's playoff situation, and Kyle Busch won't be back. Let's just let's just throw something different at these two guys and, and see what we can learn for the rest of the season and for 2023. Because they know. Do they know what? You think the drivers know that that's what's happening, or do you think that this is like more diabolical in the back? This is this is shop. This is a cons- this is a Dale Spiracy kind oh, of thing for me. The nasty. Like, yeah, I just, but I I don't think it's like super far fetched, and, and teams do this kind of shit, especially with where we are right now. Like, um. But do you think Kyle and Martin know is what I'm asking you? Like, do you think that they're in on this and like they, they, they understand the assignment or they're not being told? They're just like, why does this keep happening to my car? Well, I, if anything, I figured Truex, that would be something I wouldn't be surprised if Truex was in on because I think that would be a transparent conversation. Like, hey, like you're not in the playoffs. The best you can finish with the points is 17th. We're, we're going to do some test stuff with your car. And and I think Martin would be like, yeah, I get it, but with Kyle Bush, no, Kyle Bush is probably in the dark if, if they were doing anything. But That'd to have two engine failures, then because of he almost cried after Darlington. So I mean, that just really shows the pure evil running through his veins of him being able to just completely fake and trick the masses into thinking that he was going to win a race, knowing good and damn well that he wasn't. Well. I don't know about all that, but with Kyle Busch, like to have two engine failures and three races, like his problem wasn't even relative. Maybe it was, but he blew an engine and Truex and the 23 XI guys, what they lost, they all lost power steering and it, and it, and it basically fucked up the, uh, 
it just like fucked up the the right front it was in the right front of the of the wheel well but the brakes were were going away because of it yeah or, i'm but anyway somebody saw the toyotas or bulls uh clip that we put out on garage guys and they're like hey why don't we just like make kyle bush's car explode every week so it can be a real bull and that that's what's happening because we're basically behind every conspiracy, like even if we don't want to be and like in this case, we have no idea where we're like even involved in this, but just the entire Toyotas or Bulls campaign has completely like started this for Kyle. Now that's why his car smokes like bull. Yeah. And honestly, like I, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if this is even a conspiracy at this point because Bell and uh, Christopher Bell and Denny Hamlin did not have any issues like this. I think Denny blew Denny and Bell both lost a tire at some point in this race. That's Which, it. yeah, they, they didn't – I think Denny was complaining about steering at one point. Um, I don't Last know the time they got out of a race because of that shit. Think about Denny. Yeah, like they, they, they finished all the races in the first round. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Denny ran second. Yeah, Denny ran second in the first two races and got a top ten in this one. I think Bell – I think C. Bell ran top five in, in all three of these races. And – Kyle Busch and Truex don't finish two out of the three. So, I mean, 23XI having their issues doesn't help this case, but something something doesn't seem right with that whole deal. Oh, no. I mean, just that alone right there, just the fact that we're both talking about Denny and, and Bell. And right now, as we speak, I'm taking the time to try to go and look at the schedule. I want to really be – I have a feeling there's been a race where, like, Denny had a complete failure. I don't think Chris Bell has had a failure, though. I don't think there's been one failure on him at all. Like, I know their car sucked cock at, like, Phoenix, like, earlier in the year and in a couple of other tracks, like all the road courses, apparently, you know, obviously. But I cannot – truly remember like like martinsville they they sucked you know yeah they were all bad you know so dover denny was rough like but they never did this so what you're insinuating the fact that that it's experiment time as we're getting close to the end of the season i feel like that has way more ground than anything else and that makes the most sense and that would be the more logical thing for a team that is trying to do everything it desperately can to catch up to Chevrolet and Ford, because Ford's not having the tire issues everywhere. You know what I mean? Like it's just these higher intensity tracks like Bristol and, you know, so Texas is going to probably end up being another shit show since they haven't got it all figured out by now. So we're definitely probably going to see some more of that. Yeah, and they're running the same tire combination as oh, Kansas God. a few weeks ago. So yeah. I'm, ex- I'm expecting. Who, so. who you got money on? Uh, I mean, I, it's on Action Network. You got to go find the link. It's in the description. I, I can't. I can't be talking. I'll tell you off the record. Everybody else has to go to Action Network. Yeah, I um going back and I haven't gone back and watched the All Star Race, but I I remember it was also marred by consistent tire issues yep so i i don't know what to expect other than that um i'm not excited about it at all no trucks this weekend just cup and xfinity just a piece of shit racetrack that they that they're really smart people have uh made worse by applying 
PJ one and, and the, these compounds to it, it should just be bulldozed. It should be bulldozed and turned into a short track or um, maybe a, another kind of super speedway or something like what uh, Texas, the old Texas world speedway used to be. I think that's what, was, what it was called, but instead we bulldoze a great track like Fontana, turn that into a short track and Texas piece of shit track still lives. It's, it's, it's crazy, but I don't know. I wanted to talk about for Texas though, before you continue. Um, I think that we should get an intermediate size Martinsville long straightaways, short corners. Well, that's kind of what gateway is worldwide technology. Yeah, but it's not shaped like a paperclip and Mil- a little bit, not, not super paperclip, but uh, I- Milwaukee mile is coming back on the schedule next year. Hey. And it's, it's similar like that too. Milwaukee mile is a cool one, but I want to talk about a few of these guys. Like I want to do round of eight predictions at the end of the show. And yeah, uh, I just wanted to talk about like Alex Bowman sticks out to me, especially this weekend, because they kind of came out of nowhere at Kansas with a lot of speed. Yeah. They were a little slower on the long run than what Bubba Wallace had than what Denny Hamlin had and what Christopher Bell had. But that sticks out that they just came out of nowhere with a lot of speed that we hadn't seen out of the 48 team all year long. Daniel Suarez sticks out to me. These are two guys that a lot of people wrote off early. Uh, and me and you both wrote, kind of wrote Alex off for the first round, at least they're into the next round. Daniel Suarez had great speed at both Kansas races and was really fast at Texas earlier this year, too. I got to look at Daniel Suarez for sure. And I, I think I'm thinking about Alex Bowman just a little bit when, when we look at Texas this weekend. I will say good luck to you on that. I, I am fully back in my ways uh, for better or worse. Um, I, I already know who I'm like betting on without even qualifying. Like I'm like already like I, I got to lock my uh, two other guys in probably today. Um, I'm just going straight back into just like 2020 style. Like, I don't even give a shit about qualifying. Like, I'm like, this is who I'm betting on. My mind's made up. Let's go. That's understandable. There's no – in no 2022. Yeah, it, and that's how it's been this year. There, there's no – That's my kind of NASCAR. I, I will say Chris Buescher had knocked on the door in a few random races, like Richmond and Anoma. a couple of the road courses. But give me a fucking break, dude. There's no logic in NASCAR betting in 2022 on the cup side. There's no reason. It's just a fucking shit show. So congratulations. You survived the shit show. Yeah. You like, yeah. That's what makes it fun though. Like you literally have to like, like you, you have, I I love gut betting. Like when you get like, that's what I've realized is like, I've seen how, you know, stats work and, and how that's an important factor in a lot of sports and how it's been important in NASCAR for a very long time. But there is just something about being able to just shoot your shot at the beginning of a week and then get it right. Yeah, and I I do that. I I do that almost every week. But it's, my God, it's it's frustrating. It's so frustrating because I'm, and I've preached this since day one on my processes, I'm a quote-unquote what's most likely to happen guy when it comes to betting. And that process works in NASCAR typically. And it works in trucks. Xfinity has gotten so unfavorable with odds that it just, it's very, it's not, 
as Spurs Ted Lasso of the Garage Fam says, it's it, it, Xfinity's like F one odds now. Like F one, yeah. <laughs> you only got eight to ten guys that can win in Xfinity, so it gives the book a huge advantage in just saturating the shit out of odds. But with Cup, you got more than that. And when you have the pure chaos added in in 2022, it just takes away it takes away the process. It takes away the the meaningfulness of that process a lot of times. And yeah, it's it's just crazy, man. Like if you survive tire problems, I, I don't know how to pick out who's going to survive the tire issues. Random draw. Yeah, there are, there are some people that are way more likely to have tire issues than others. But, like, now, like, that we're hitting these other tracks, like, we can definitely look at some data from, like, that race beforehand, knowing that, okay, we've seen this happen. This team is going to bring a similar setup because they know what works. And so that's where, like, you know, two years down the road from now, you're going to be able to look at the stat sheet and be like, all right, this is probably going to happen. This is probably going to happen. And it'll probably all hit. So it's just – Maybe so. Yeah, we're in that weird groove, man. We're in that weird groove. But I do love unpredictability. Like, yeah, it's it's great. It's made it has made the series a lot of fun. But at the same time, like, I don't like what happened at Bristol at all. It was just a complete shit fest. I mean, that that was also the worst way. It was also pit fuck ups. Like, let's not like make it to where like I get that that was the main problem: the tires busting up, the the things failing. Like, yeah, that is a huge issue. But also, too, like, we did have two drivers that were basically like, like, Harvick was going to cycle out and be at the top. He was going to be. Him and Larson. Him and Larson were going to be one, two. And they held them back from that. Yeah. They, they blew it. They handed the race to Chris Busher. They fucking blew it. So Uh, we we were, we were right there. We, we both had, I'm pretty sure you had Larson, didn't you? Yeah, I had Larson and Harvick, and, and I was Harvick. so excited when Christopher Bell. We both had them. Oh, and that's you know that's another thing. Aside from any of the betting stuff, the inconsistency with cautions. What the fuck constitute constitutes a caution when someone loses the time? Does anybody know? Like, I, I want to fucking know. No, I didn't. I, I didn't see. But like, I want to fucking know what is what constitutes a caution when someone loses a tire. A playoff because apparently there there there's no there's no consistency behind it. And that's a shame. That is an absolute shame. I don't get why the races are officiated like this. If it looks like a driver that is expected to win is going to win, you throw the caution so that a driver that isn't expected to win can win. That's that's the logic that I think is is being played. Okay, Um, wait, say that one more time. So I I think think that my logic, I think the logic here is like, if there is a, a very high chance of drivers that were pretty like predictable to win the race, like a, you know, like a, maybe like a Kyle Larson or a Kevin Harvick, you know, and you see them like about to just like steal the show. And then all of a sudden a leader gets a flat, you call a caution, right? Because you're like, okay, well, we got to roll the dice. We got to shake it up a little bit. And then, then you get someone like Chris Buescher winning a race. Uh, but when well, like, but they did Kay has a flat, or when uh, I don't know who else who else was it? It was Brad K and Joey. Yeah, when when they have flats and they're not in contention, you know, or or if like Brad K's leading the race, nobody like they he's a team owner now. Like you don't want to see Brad K win a race, even though he pretended like he won the race, like he stole that from Chris. I have a problem with that, but I don't know because when Joey had a flat. I'm pretty sure Brad K was leading. 
and yeah. no caution came out. So, yeah, but that, nobody gave a fuck about Brad. Nobody gives a fuck about Brad. But you're, but what you just said would, or anyway, Chris doesn't own a team. Chris doesn't own the team. He's not a team owner. That whatever you just said made no sense. I'm just anyway, really petty and, and salty with like responses. <laughs> I get, I see. Oh, full but, but, but Chris Bell, and that's the thing. Like, do they want Chris Bell to win? Because Chris Bell was leading when Brad K lost tire. Chris Bell is like the like if yeah. there was like if NASCAR wanted to rig it for somebody, the last person would have to be Christopher Bell, right? Like nobody, not a who bet on Chris Bell to win that race. Not a gleaming personality at all. Like great race car driver, but. I won so race. under the radar on on overall popularity. You know, they threw no caution when Brad K lost the tire, but when but also, it's like they did want Bell to win actually because they didn't throw the caution when Brad K lost. It gave Bell the lead, but when Bell lost the tire, they did throw the caution. They're like, oh fuck, we got to save Chris Bell. That's what it seems like, dude. Because yeah. well, not just that, but like, hey, we've got to continue this constant boom of entertainment in our sport like right now we are on the cusp of going three races deep into the playoffs and not having one playoff driver win if we can complete that cycle that's going to give us a whole week of extra entertainment news a bunch of crazy stats so then you, you're saying you, they wanted chris busher to win they, they no, threw the no, chris Bell, well like chris bell's Bell in the playoffs he wanted bell's in the playoffs but he doesn't win often so i feel like they would have been okay but you just I said mean, three nobody non-playoff drivers. Chris. Nobody would have bet on Chris Bell to win Bristol. But you just said three non-playoff drivers. Bell's like the favorite to win the championship. Okay, well, then, yeah, they wanted Busher to win if they saw he was fast. I mean, he was like like P5 in, like, lap averages. Like, I was looking at that shit before the race, and I'm like, fuck, he's going to be fast. So I bet him top ten. I was like, I did not think he would win. I didn't think he would get a top five. But, like, holy fuck. Well, Rocket it was a no- yeah, I mean he he was he led a lot of laps early. Um, well, Brad and Chris uh, Bell led the most laps in this race, like because I know in DFS I had like I had a good bit of lines with like Chris Bell and Brad, and like they were both over a hundred. Like you had to have like you had to have C Bell. Well, like, yeah, and lineup. Brad and Chris used strategy early to get track position, and that's what it was like. If you had track position, you you could have speed, and. That's that's another product of an issue with the car, just like the, the dirty air problem. And uh, Chase Elliott said this in his post-race interview, the cars are just so even that it it kind of hurts the the quality of passing, the quality of making ground on somebody and passing them. And when that top lane came in, it it really, really, really hurt it because everybody was riding the riding the wall. And and that's I like that kind of Bristol, but with these cars doesn't help the the passing game at all yeah. but there was movement going around there but I, I don't want to take us off the subject too hard but like did you see where like chase was like talking about the competitiveness between like nascar like basically i'm pretty sure the media twisted his words but he was like talking about how nascar doesn't need to compete with the nfl uh and like they made a whole like deal out of that that is a big look that that's a big that's a big topic and i think he's right and also um uh, this show as the garage fam knows is presented by hooters correct and aside from promo code garage guys we have some new football bundle deals that hooters is offering you guys throughout college football season and nfl football season three nice juicy meaty bundles you can grab at hooters so why don't you i'll I'll leave it to you to tell us about those three the football bundles 
Yeah, they're, they're they're delicious. Everybody knows Hooters is delicious as it is. I actually have it pulled up now right here. 22 boneless, five tenders, and curly fries for $35.99 is one of the bundles you can get on game day. 16 boneless wings, 15 bone-in wings, and curly fries. $39.99 are you can do 22 boneless wings and 20 bone-in wings for $49.99. You can have it all with Hooters, and that is the way that game day should be spent. You should be, like, spending just as much time cheering for your your fantasy team or for your squad as you are wiping sauce from your face. Not just for race day, but for game day, too. Let's not forget that. Amen. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. We got to do a lot of stuff with Hooters Racing last week and uh, gave away a lot of stuff, a lot of Hooters Racing merch. Yeah. And, if you're somebody that may have won something, uh, we're getting everything together and hopefully everything will be sent out by the end of this week or early next week to all the prize winners. But Chase Elliott comes on with a P2 finish. Good to see the Hooters car get a good run. I felt like it's been kind of cursed over the past the couple of years. It was the NFT. Yeah, 100%. Had to be. Uh, TJ with bringing the superstitious energy that the garage guys like to have all the time. Dude, we dropped but, was it every spot around the it was insane. We'll talk about that later on. But but talking about the football thing, Chase Elliott is right. I don't know how NASCAR or media journalists may have twisted it, but it is a losing battle, and it always has been, and now more than ever, it is a losing battle to go head to head with NFL football. And and this is what this is what's crazy is while all these other sports NASCAR is in this bundle between are including them, the NBA, all forms of motorsports, NHL, MLB, as we've seen all these sports lose viewership, lose attendance over the past decade and a half. NFL football is the one sport in the United States of America that goes in the opposite direction. More and more people love football. More and more people go to football year by year by year. So football is constantly gaining new fans and gaining new, new people that are watching and attending games while NASCAR amongst all these other sports, they they've seen the exact opposite. So like Chase Elliott's not wrong. I would like to know more about how he thinks it could be, and he could have he could have elaborated more, and I didn't see it, but he, I would like to know more about how he thinks it could be possible to end the season before we get into uh, NFL Sundays coming back. Well, I can give you a little bit of teaser from like bringing Winston back. What I talked about it, like I'm not Chase Elliott, but I'm Chase Holden, and the uh, the thing that I think that would work out the most is like when we were in you know, COVID times, we could, were pretty much doing races whenever. And so people had nothing else going on though. So it's really hard to justify how it would work, but I really think Friday night cup races would be dope. And if they started having some of those people that are home on Friday night, you're not going to take your time to watch ESPN high school football. Like you'll, you'll watch a cup race and you'll bet on it because well, they, they you have college. They have college football Friday night too. Well, fuck that. The college football is Saturday. Everybody knows it. I, I don't, I've never watched a college football game on a Friday night in my entire life. I've watched a, a bunch. Well, a lot of people do, uh, too. 
you're obsessed. You jack off. No, people, they always have a college football game on Friday night, and every and a lot of people watch it. That's a normal thing. See, Friday nights were like you know, for just like chilling or like hanging tent or like watching some random shit like MXC on Spike TV back in the day. Don't get eliminated. You know what I mean? So if they had NASCAR under the lights, Friday night lights style racing, I feel like that could get people into the betting, you know, and find a good way to like market it. And you do that for like a year or so, dude. And then you're going to have your normal races too. I feel like that's how you kind of like sink your nails in to people and like, Oh shit, I've never really watched NASCAR. And then, Oh my God, I just like hit like a bet that was like plus 3000. Holy shit. When am I ever going to do some football? Like that might make somebody want to change their mind a little bit about like, or go buy a second TV. I don't think I would change my mind. You know what I mean? Like if I'm playing fantasy football and I'm betting on football, like I'm just going to get multiple screens. And I think that's yeah. kind of where we're at now. And, and a lot of people don't have, have that luxury though so it's like you have to pick and choose and the majority of people are going to choose football football is is king and it always will be and even like they ran this race on saturday night which is great because you're not going head-to-head with nfl football on sunday and the beginning of the season but you have college and ratings were fucking terrible on on this past saturday night hundred thousand less than what ratings were for bristol was the nhra race and i didn't even know that was happening wait wait say that again say that again thousand less viewers from the nascar race was the total amount whatever it was like one million something like if you subtracted a hundred thousand from that number that's how many people were watching nhra yeah that's um that's pretty crazy that's pretty crazy and it's a 20 percent drop from year to year from what i read earlier yeah. and i i just going i don't know what the solution is i don't know what the solution is because we have such a long season it's it's i think starting in february is the right move we only get one off week now and in, in the 2023 schedule only one off week so the only way you can make it unless you just take seven or eight races off the schedule make the season end right around the time indycar ends which is beginning of september essentially uh you you'd have to run midweek races you'd have to run more wednesday races or thursday night races or uh, fridays are not gonna happen but i mean you're if you're gonna give the idea of a friday night race I don't think that's too then, uh, it's close to the weekend still. That I mean, we already have Friday night races with Trump, Well, actually. then Wednesday or Thursday night can also be on the table because they did run a couple of those during the COVID times too. So um it's an Xfinity, maybe like I feel like that's fine for them, but like I feel like you always want to like be close to a weekend with a cup race. And I mean that's just because like you know, you got to give them that respect. Like they're the pros, they're the big boys, like they need to have like that time to where people are going to be off to like take the time to watch. Now, when you're talking about the Wednesday races and stuff like that, I'm over here thinking about like, how do we make our fan base become more team oriented? How do we get more Kyle Busch fans to lump together at like uh, a, a racetrack? How do we get Denny Hamlin fans to lump together? How do we create a culture for these fan bases to where it is, it gels like football? How do we uh, increase our marketability? How do we make it uh, more in-depth? Well, you had a lot of that in the 90s. 
You know what I mean? You had a lot of the marketability. You had a lot of really smart people that were that were in these these rooms and these meetings that were putting together some of the greatest strategy of all time. And it's what got NASCAR to where it was. However, you have to adapt with the times. And I'm a very big believer in the 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 team atmosphere theory with with fans and NASCAR fans. If you really can lump that together and gel that and create that and let that grow and flourish, you could see like stadiums packed out with like different colors in different areas of like, oh, well, that's where Kyle Busch fans sit. That's where Chase Elliott fans sit. That's where, you know, and, and it also allows this competitive marketplace for these drivers to really, you know, they need to be more free to do what they want, free to sell their own merch, free to do these things. That's how you're going to be able to expand that marketability. So what this all really boils down to is there's a few uh, amount of people that have uh, the majority of the money and they don't want to do what is necessary more than likely. They want to try to make it more economical to where they can kind of keep what they already have going on and then try to just slowly but surely, you know, just keep it alive. You got to take major risks if you want to be competitive with something like college football or professional football. And that's just how it goes. Shit, fuck, even the NBA at this point. Like, let's be real. Like, I feel like you have like more people going to NBA games. You know what I mean? And I've seen well, NBA games dead. Not particularly just because they don't, their stadiums don't fill as many people as what NASCAR has the yeah. capacity that NASCAR races do. Way but more- I mean, yeah. The NBA is way more popular. There's no like that's for sure. The NBA is there, there's is so much unbelievably culture there. so much culture. It's insane. More popular. Well, that's another thing though is is the the faces and the names. Like the NBA has always had like their guy. So uh, like they they've got LeBron James and and when LeBron hangs it up in the next few years they they got Steph Curry for a few more years and there will always be someone after that who's like the big face like it was with Michael Jordan and. I think for for a while it was Kobe Bryant. Where is that face in NASCAR? Where are these which rivalries have gotten a little bit better, but personality has not. And the, the way that, that we have to it is Bubba right now. Bubba literally is the closest to like a guy that people that don't watch NASCAR know his name and see him on brands. Bubba literally has become that in the last two years. Which isn't, yeah, you're probably right. But the issue is that the this face that I'm talking about needs to be someone who is a champion, needs to be someone who uh, who's comparable to Dale Earnhardt or Jeff Gordon, or or I, I mean I hate to say it, but even Jimmy Johnson too. Like right now, I'd say that Kyle Busch is probably that guy who's like the the most uh accomplished driver we have right now him or kevin harvick but probably kyle bush where back in the 90s like it was dale earnhardt and in the 70s it was richard petty like you had just that one big face and in the 2000s it was jeff gordon like we don't really have that guy anymore and we don't have these rivalries we have nothing that is relatively close to what jeff gordon versus dale earnhardt was and what that did for a fan base and with the way NASCAR is, the the way NASCAR is now, and and anybody who does content in the industry knows how big of just a stickler that these teams are and their PR reps are, and how they're so trained 
to not act anything like someone like Dale Earnhardt would have acted or these guys would have how much personality and fire these guys would have shown in the, in the nineties. And we miss that. You, you just lose so much character. Like what, what is, there's just not, I think the biggest you issue is character. There's no awesome. character. You're, There's you're no true. character you in the are, sport. You're absolutely correct. And we do have some guys that that have a little bit of the tenacity to to make some of those things happen. Like we got Noah coming in the 42. Well, I mean, obviously we've learned that Richard Petty, you know, Petty GMS can win a race. Ty so, Gibbs. Ty Gibbs is one of those guys. Ty yeah. Gibbs, as much as I – Ty Gibbs. As like, much as – way I look at it. As much as people can't stand him, he's great for the sport. I mean, he's the only driver – in the in a mainstream in a NASCAR National Series race, I think over the past decade, maybe longer, that has instigated a full blown fist fight on pit lane. Yeah, I don't know when I've seen an actual full blown fist fight other than what Ty Gibbs did. So like, hate him, hate him or not, like he, someone like him is much much needed for the sport. Yeah, and, and Noah Gragson is more, as well. See, I feel like Noah is going to have more of that energy that you're talking about Ty is going to be more of like where Denny is right now throughout his entire career. He's going to be way more fashion based, more into the inner city and the culture, stuff like that. Noah is going to be your wild boy. And who knows, he, you know, he may calm down anytime and I, I hope he doesn't, you know, cause he is, he's out there thriving. I mean, he's cutting waffles with a fucking sword that he won as a trophy uh, at like three o'clock. I don't get the, the fashion. I don't get the fashion thing because it really doesn't have anything I mean, well, to do they're, with what's on track because Denny Nike, they're gonna be I mean, it's kind of like when Jeff Gordon had Tag Hewer, you know what I mean? Like yeah, but but on the subway advertisements, like they're like, you know, hey, it's not all just redneck, it's not country stuff. Like th- this racing is also a part of you know, something more similar to like an F1 fan would want, you know. But that doesn't change like yeah. Denny's been in more arguments and in more near fights than anybody over the past four or five years well yeah so i, I don't like ty I'm gives ty i don't care like what he's like those guys yeah i don't care i don't care noah about would that throw a punch i feel like noah would throw a punch faster than maybe ty would at this point because now noah did try to start a fight with daniel hemrick but ty literally punched sam Mayer in the face five or six yeah. times out of nowhere so i don't know he, he both of them will throw punches clearly we just it's but just they're both be- good for the sport it's going to take what it's going to take everywhere in the world right now. Like it is a cultural shift. We went through that time period and that this is what I'm coming to understand. Now we went through a time period where NASCAR was King where, you know, bringing Winston back, all that stuff. Like, yeah, I still am very thorough of like, I'm going to see that again before I die. And like, and I, I know all it takes is like enough people get getting together and coming together to like make things happen and make things change. And that is not a hard task if you're consistent with your work. But I believe all that will come. It is going to take a lot of manpower and a lot of people, and it's going to take a lot of open-mindedness. But it's all going to be cyclical. It's going to cycle. And so knowing that we're headed in a good direction right now, like look at, look at Chastain, like him and how he was so aggressive earlier in the year. If he had had a little more of an aggressive personality to go with that, oh, my God. Like, yeah, I I agree. And, you know, it's – Regardless of everything I've said, like, yeah, do I think that the, the sport has a identity problem? Absolutely. But I, I think we're in a better spot right now than we've been in the past. 
I think we are moving in the right direction. We're impatient. That's all it is. We're being impatient and we want it because we I'm right there with you. Like, I want it now. I want to see this now. I want people just as into this as I am right now. And it's it's a tough swing. And And I think that if anything that you and I have done in the last two years, being on the road, meeting fans, going around, we have been kind of in a bubble. And when you get outside of that bubble of the NASCAR fans and you kind of get into, you know, just normal territory of just your football fans, your baseball fans, you realize how much work really is still out there to be done. You're like, holy shit, you know, because it's great when you're in your bubble. It's great being in your bubble. It's great being at the track. It's great doing that kind of stuff because that is necessary, right? You want to support your sport, but it's a bubble. And you have to realize that, like, this is never going to get any bigger if you don't get out of that bubble and you don't say, okay, I've got to find other corners. I've got this conversation started off from a a steep drop in viewership, by the way. Yeah. Which is which is warranted. I it hate shows you who drop. the fuck we are, though, and like that's that's what this is about. Like like we, if anybody ever came and said that Chase and Dale don't really give a fuck about like you know the future or the success of the sport, like go fuck yourself because like literally him and I on this podcast right here, we're talking to you guys and like we're here for you. Him and I will have these kind of conversations. Like, like I literally forgot that we were recording podcasts because, like, yeah, we on those we have. Yeah, this isn't a new conversation. I guess it's somewhat new to the pod. I don't know the last time we talked about something like this, but yeah, no, we have these conversations all the time, especially uh, in long traveling times, driving to the tracks and stuff. But (laughs) I, after everything, we're in a better spot than we have been in years past. The, the sport is trying and, and getting better, and we're moving in the right direction. We just have to, like you said, everybody gets, needs to get more creative and figure out what we can do to bring more character, more personality, and more more fans. And that's that's always a struggle. But I want to do round of eight predictions. So for it. R- round, round of 12 predictions. The only the only one I got right was Kyle Bush, which is insane, actually. Uh, I predicted that the four guys that would be out would be Kyle Bush, Chase Briscoe, Alex Bowman, and Austin Sendrick. And I don't know what yours were. Well, who did you I, have? I actually wrote them down. So I made a bra- I made a bracket on the fantasy game on the NASCAR thing with the one I, I had. Wow, I fucked up terrible i had bell bowman centric and briscoe out in the round of 16 like yeah i I think bell uh, i talked about bell i don't think bell is going to be a final four guy but i think he's round of eight for sure and i'm gonna stick with that prediction um but now after seeing what happened in the first three races let's do round of 12 or we're in the round of 12 round of eight predictions we got texas this weekend, Talladega next weekend, and then the Charlotte Roval as the cutoff race. That's always a good race, always a fun race. That being the cutoff since, what, 2018? Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at this. I'm trying to figure out. What, I got to – there's just no way Austin Cindric is going to make the round of eight. There's just no fucking way, dude. These guys have qualified well, but they have raced like shit. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the only the only way he gets in is if he wins Talladega, which he can do. He 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 proved it when he won the Daytona 500. He it, almost like they had won Texas though. 
What's that? Pinsky seemed pretty fucking good. I don't know if you remember, but like Sindrick was like pushing fucking Blaney in All Star Race, like at the end. Like Blaney would see Blaney had a rocket ship, but Joey and Sindrick benefited from track position. Very they good. they they had and I the the All Star Race had like a first of all Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, and Ross Chastain. Oh, and Kyle Larson. Those four guys had really really good race cars and all crashed, and they they were all victims of the tire issue kyle bush blew a tire collected chastain and that crazy wreck where he went like airborne in the grass and collected chase elliott kyle larson blew a tire a little bit later in the race so those four guys were all out uh joey logano got track position because he won the pit stop challenge at the end of stage three and then i don't know how cinder got out there exactly i think he just lingered around but ryan blaney for sure had a rocket ship he he had the best car now, I already think Ryan Blaney is going to make the championship four. So I think he's in. If we're going to talk, stay on the theme of Team Penske, I think Joey Logano's in because uh, unlike what we saw at Bristol, Joey's had a has been pretty consistent on getting finishes at a plethora of different styles of racetracks. Yes. So I think Joey gets into I, I just Austin Cindric has been running 15th to 20th all year long on average. So Unless he wins Dega, which the Charlotte Rebels, a road course, he could win that one too. Fuck. I, yeah, I still got to stick said, with dude. Like, I mean, These are three races that like Penske can perform at, especially with Cindric having the road course there at the end. Like, I mean, all he's got to yeah. do is like finish it in the top five, like what, twice? Maybe. It's going to get more competitive where, I mean, yeah, if you, if you did finish the top five twice, maybe. But like if you DNF'd one of those races, you 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 could still be out with as competitive as this field is and this 12, 12 driver field in particular. Um, so I'm gonna go Cindric is out for sure. Uh just uh, they just haven't been consistent enough. The only thing they've been consistent at is qualifying. They've qualified really well, but have not raced very well. So Cindric will be out. I think Chase Briscoe will be out. Not a big super speedway guy intermediate mile and a half program has been not great for Stuart Haas and he's been okay. He's been really inconsistent on the road courses, like really inconsistent, uh, really good at Coda and then really mediocre at road America and, and Sonoma. Um, and then Watkins, I don't know what happened to them Watkins Glen, but they won that stage and then fell apart, had some kind of big issue, but so I, I, I'll say Chase Briscoe is going to be out. Wow, this is tough, man. This is where it gets hard. Yeah. I don't want to pick just like the bottom four. I think Daniel Suarez might win this weekend. I think Daniel Suarez has a great chance to win Kansas. And Trackhouse has been amazing on the road courses. So you got to consider that too with Suarez when we get to the Roval. Um. Man, I don't want to – I think Suarez – you know, I think I did say he would miss the round of eight. Yeah. Initially, I'll stick with that gut. I think uh, you talk about, like, earlier we are talking about all the, uh, the tire issues. One guy that it seems like has had more tire issues at these kind of racetracks than others has been Daniel Suarez. Like, I think Vegas, so I'm not Kansas. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think he had – he didn't have one at Texas, but – 
I still think that he could find himself in a shithole. I, I just, I see it. I can just see it. I think Dan, he's going to be fast. It's just a matter of not making mistakes. And what he's at 40 to one, I might head to the casino and, and bet on him at some point this evening, but I'm going to say the guys that miss the round of eight, Austin Cendrick, Daniel Suarez, Chase Briscoe, Man, and I don't want to pick the bottom four. Like Austin Dillon. I had Austin Dillon making it to the round of 12. So that one was a, I have a, a feeling we're going to have the same four right here for some reason. I'm going to say, I'm going to say William Byron misses. And I think Alex Bowman makes it. I think Bowman, uh, I, I kind of mentioned earlier the, the speed they had at Kansas. He's a dark horse for this weekend. Um, William Byron did finish third at Bristol. He had a decent first round, but I just have a feeling about Willie B that, that they're just they're gonna have some kind of catastrophe happen, and I just can't pick the bottom four. Like I cannot just pick nine through twelve. It never works out that way. Like the nine through twelve guys, like all four of those guys, just all four don't typically miss it. Like something happens to a bigger contender or a more favored guy. And they missed the round of eight. Yeah. So I'm going to say Suarez, Cendric, Byron, and Briscoe missed the round of eight. That's my prediction. Okay. Uh, uh, mine's very easy. Suarez, Bell, Bowman, and Briscoe. Uh, so I'm ah, still on the Bell train. Yeah. Yeah. Bell's getting out uh, here. I, I'm looking at, you know, he could be very fast in Texas this week. This is the one race where he has a shot, I feel like, out of these next two. I, I know that, like, everybody talks about him on the road courses. Haven't seen it. Toyota has just been shit. I'm not expecting it to get any better at the road. He's course. been the one Toyota that's been good, though. Yeah. He's had he multiple has. top tens. I just don't see him competing with Chevy at the road courses at all. Like I, I, like I said, I've, I've already pretty much, like, got my mind made up. I'm sure I'm going to end up betting something like plus 250 at the fucking Roval. But, uh, you know, like, I, I could see him getting wrecked easily at Dega. I could see him having some kind of an issue at Texas, but I could also see him finishing in the top three at Texas. So it's kind of a weird situation. Uh, Suarez, I feel like is just going to, I hate to say this, but like, I just feel like it's just not time. It's just not time. I had him going to be going out this round as well. So I'm sticking to my guns there. Uh, Briscoe was going to go out in the round of 16. I have him going out here now in the round of 12. And then I had Bowman going out in the round of 16 as well, and I'm going to stick to my guns on that as well. So uh, I think Bowman gets in. You know who yeah. I think is I, – I feel the opposite way of you, like with Byron. I feel like Byron is going to be in the position that you think Bowman is in. And, and in all likelihood, Byron has had a better season, right? Yeah. Byron has definitely had a better year. But, you know, a, a guy that I think – good burrito, dude, and it's ready to go. Trade rock. I think a guy that I think a guy that is underrated that could miss the round is Joey Logano. If yeah. you look at these next three racetracks, somewhat inconsistent on the road courses, mile and a half speed has not really been there for Joey, and he's been snake bitten at super speedways since 20, since like 2020. I mean, absolutely fucking snake bitten. So if you consider that. I think Joey Logano has has a considerable chance to miss because this is not a great round for him when you look at these three racetracks. Um, 
I think he can win Dega. I think Denny Hamlin is in a good spot. I think I think Chase Elliott is in a good spot Great with spot. especially with the Roval. Yeah. Um I think Kyle Larson's another guy who could be on upset alert here. But realistically, anybody could with yeah, depending on what happens to Dega, like dude, anybody could miss this round. No one is safe. We might and, chase Kyle, William, and Denny get out in the next round. You know what I mean? And, and this is realistic. It's a, it is. It is. And, and it's a good thing about the playoff, but it's also a bad thing because I, I'm a believer, and I don't want to go down another rabbit hole of a conversation. I'm a believer that the best postseason format is the OG chase, with 10 drivers, because that way the first 26 races about consistency, you get the excitement of a postseason, and then the last 10 races are about consistency. Um, I don't like the idea of the guys like Chase Elliott Chastain and Joey Logano, who've been probably the three most consistent guys this year, all, you know, all potentially missing. And like if Chase Briscoe won the championship, the guy hasn't just, and I love Chase Briscoe, but like it would be such a delegitimate championship because they have been so, uh, they, they, they haven't performed the majority of racetracks in 2022. It would be disappointing, not delegitimate. Like it would be a very disappointing. Or is delegitimate even a word? Illegitimate is the word I'm looking for. I know. I, I think it'd be illegitimate. Like it would be like, yeah, you play That's the, the game. Way like the playoffs are like that. Yeah, you don't don't hate the player. Don't you hate the game, right? Yeah. But I mean, just look at just look at his stats throughout the year, man. It's boo, dude. It's it's straight doo doo, right? You should not be able to win a championship with that kind of inconsistency. Nope. So that I, I would hate that. And I love Chase Briscoe, like I said. I fucking love Chase Briscoe. He's great badass. Guy. And I think he's going to have a great career. But in this case, in 2022, this is what I don't like about the playoff format. And this year, it's closer than ever where we could see chaos. And don't forget, Chase Briscoe won at Phoenix. So if he somehow snuck his way there, it could totally happen again. But, yeah, no, I, I don't want to go off on another rabbit hole because we already yeah, I know because I'm sitting here, broke, dude. I'm like, well, what about? And I'm like, yeah, no, we got I got way too much stuff to do. And I know you do, too. Um, but Illegi- yeah. I think if there's two illegitimate champions in this 12, it'd be Briscoe and Cindric. And maybe Alex Bowman. Maybe Alex Bowman. I, I don't I don't even. Uh, yeah. Bowman. What? He only won one race, dude. Yeah, and they they've struggled. They've struggled a lot, like low on speed. Daniel Suarez, I wouldn't say illegitimate because they've had a lot of fucking speed. Dude. Like they've been, been really fast. Trackhouse yeah. belongs. They belong. They definitely yeah, they do. But yeah, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole. My prediction: the guys that missed the round of eight: William Byron, Daniel Suarez, Alex Bowman. Or I'm sorry, William Byron, Daniel Suarez, Austin Cindric, and Chase Briscoe do not advance to the next round. And I am with Suarez, Bell, Bowman, and Briscoe. So basically, this is what we need to remember. We don't think these guys are going to make it. We don't bet on them. And we stick to our guns. And that's how oh, we I, lose money. <laughs> look, I I think, look, Daniel Suarez, I, I got to bet on Suarez, though. Like, this is Ugh. different. I, I said it before I eliminated him. I think the experience will will ultimately come back to bite. But um, I think just looking at speed, just looking at raw speed, Daniel Suarez has had it at this kind of racetrack. So I think you got to consider something. Like, he's plus money for a top 10. I'd take that. 
I, I might take it tonight. Yeah, that's but, probably the one bet that I would take. But it's, plus 4,000? It's different because, like, Kyle Busch was borderline co-favorite. So that feels a lot worse losing those bets after go, saying he's going to be eliminated. I like Daniel you. Suarez is 30 to one or 40 to one every week. So if those lose, you definitely don't feel as bad. You feel like a quarter of a unit on it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd probably go a half unit for this weekend. Yeah. yeah we'll see. I like we'll that. See. Yeah. I like winning them 12 unit. I like them 12 unit hits. Yeah. I'd love, I, dude, if anybody needs a 20, 25 unit hit, it's fucking me. I'm the coldest better in the universe. I'm retired and I'm dead right now. I need to be By revived. Way, I need to I be revived. To you about this. So I had a voicemail on bringing Winston back. I got like seven voicemails. Somebody called in and was like, I'm glad to see that Dale is not stuck in the loves bathroom stall anymore. He needs to. Oh, you didn't off. see that. I did. I literally on the show. I literally pull up your Twitter and watch it as I hear because I had no idea what the fuck he was talking about. Dude. I was like, what is I was like, what is this dude talking about? And and I go watch the video and I was like, like American soldier by Toby Keith is fucking playing in the bathroom. This dude <laughs> working to try to get you in the fucking you're just in there stuck, dude. But the guy was like, Why he's in there? He needs to shit all that bad luck out so we can get our shit together and win. Bring it Whoever back. said that? That was Mark. Love that. Yeah. Hey, Mark, I appreciate you. You're you're goddamn right. I hope all my bad luck left me there. And that was in North Carolina. Um. So yeah, I'll I'll tell this story too. I was yeah. I just I had to poop. I had to take a poop. So I went to the Love's Travel Stop, which is like my trusted place for taking a poop. Shout out. And uh just walked in the walked to the stall went in there locked the door took care of my business and like it, it when i locked it there was nothing even like weird i wasn't like huh that lock sounded like didn't feel weird didn't sound weird and i just tried to open it and it wouldn't open and i was like okay so i i kept twisting the lock in different directions motherfucker would not open Holy and i'm 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 playing with it for like five minutes and and by the way some people commented and said why don't you just crawl over the top no, it was like, dude, it was way too, way too tall to crawl over the top. Oh, yeah, you could split your, you couldn't, couldn't have done it. it yeah, I would have tried. <laughs> it wasn't an option. The other option was army crawl under, which I could have done that. But yeah. uh, I, I, even a clean bathroom for like loves clean is a very subjective thing. Piss a, a subject, the yeah, there's probably piss and, and shit. Res- I, I'm not crawling. I'm not, I, I don't, I got eight hours left of driving. I don't want to fuck up my shirt. You know, so that's the only other option. Anyway, it won't open. So I start beating on it and I start hitting it. And uh, one of the uh, a truck driver walks and he's like, hey, man, you all right? <laughs> and I'm like, hey, and I lead. I peek my head over the top and I look at him like, hey, it just won't fucking open. Dear God, so he, he walks. Yeah, I'm peeking my head over the top because this guy's like, hey, you OK? Like you just walk in and see a stall door just getting the fuck beat out of it. Yeah. And uh, he's laughing. He's like, let me come over here. And he's trying to open it. And I'm like, does it say vacant? Because on those doors, it says vacant or occupied, you know, like it's green or it's red. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, it's green, man. And he's trying to open it and he can't get it open. And he's like, dude, I, let me go ask somebody. One, The first attendant comes in and he's like, he's working on it for a couple of minutes. He's like, man, I, I uh, let me talk to my manager. I, I can't get it open. And I, he goes, uh, can you just like army crawl under there? And I'm like. I mean, I will, but I'd like to 
for someone to open the motherfucker, dude. Like, yeah, like I'm here this long. Like, I need to see this through. Like, this is yeah, needs to be fixed. Now. Right. Yeah. I like I, I want about this door. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to fucking I, I said it earlier, but I'm not trying to crawl on a shit stained bathroom floor. Yeah, you know, I will, but yeah. like this guy was this guy maybe tried to open it for a minute or two minutes and he was like huh i give up so like no i was like get your guy get get your guy in here with a screwdriver whatever and the guy comes in there with a screwdriver and and works on it for about five minutes dude and he's sitting there the whole time like never in a million fucking years have i ever seen this like never seen a i've never seen anything like that happen yeah yeah, it was. How did dude, that happen to you? I don't. Know. I don't, dude. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't fucking know. But he 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 basically was like, "I'm gonna have to break it," and he just fucking broke the lock and opened it. He broke the shit out of it. He was like, "I ain't never seen anything like that, dude." Like he he thought it was a prank. He thought it was some kind of joke. I was like, "Dude, jokers." Yeah, here he is. I was like, "Yeah, maybe my buddies came in and sabotaged me." I don't know. I don't fucking live here. I don't, I don't have friends around here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just show up to the travel stop and fuck with me. Yeah, totally. But yeah, so there you go. I was stuck in the bathroom for about, it was about 20, 25 minutes. That's an yeah. all-timer. That's an all-time story right there. Like that, yeah. is, for the rest of your life, you'll have that. Stuck in a love's bathroom yeah. stall. Yeah, so there you go. That's that story. And maybe that was the end of all the bad luck. That was like the the the, the final hoorah of the bad luck. That was like, we got you. Ha, ha, ha. Now nah, you're good. Enjoy your life. I'm gonna That's hope so because I want I want us to bag this weekend, no matter what. Like we just I just I feel like we know we got a shit show race coming up. Let's just make sure we win something in this month. Let's go green on this motherfucker and just enjoy that. You know, yeah, I, for I mean, sure. I went at the all-star race and I was I was just like fuck, fuck. And I thought I had it. And it was the most wild thing. Everybody was mad at me. Yeah, I had all star race is bad. Actually, it was pretty good. I I had Kyle Busch. They had all those qualifying odds, and I had Kyle Busch to win the pole, which was great. I had Eric Almirola to advance to the top ten, great. But the race itself, I had Elliot Larson, Chastain, and Kyle Busch, and they all crashed due to flat tire incidents. So, I yeah, wrecked, dude. That was fucking terrible. That was a gnarly crash. Yeah. It's gonna be crazy to see how it all shakes out. But yeah, yeah. Good luck. Good good luck and better times are on the way. That's like that that is the bottom of the barrel. I feel like you scraped it. So yes. Yeah, I agree. Let's uh, I'm excited for the weekend now. That's it. Good shit, brother. All right. Well, that is a show. Uh, as always, you know, to check us out at uh www.garageguysfantasysports.com. A brand new article just dropped on there not long ago. Greg Mathern's uh nascar odds picks and analysis so go check out the early picks from greg he's up like literally like over 100 units on the nascar cup series this season so if you want to listen to somebody that is a proven fucking like what, what do we call him a nascar titan you listen to the titan go and check out that article go read it right now tell your friends tell your family about garage guys go buy a sticker they're five dollars on the website, you if you buy a sticker and you put your address in, on the web, you're automatically registered to to win a Garage Guys NFT from bringing Winston back. So there's a lot of cool things we have going on right now. Uh, so don't forget that. But yeah, follow me at Garage Guy Chase. Follow us collectively at Garage Guys FS, and then Dale is at Dale Tanhart. But uh, that's all we got. It's going to be a very fun weekend. 
at uh at Tejas for betting, not maybe not for racing, but for betting, correct? That is correct. And also Dale Center tomorrow night, Thursday night, yes, sir. uh 8 p.m. Eastern time. I'm gonna be giving away cash prizes. Whoa. So yeah, I'm announced that on Twitter today. If you join, you gotta be watching live though. I have a whole thing I'm gonna put together. I'll announce it on Wednesday, some point today. Cash prizes for people that give me bets. Give me good bets. You win cash prizes. So keep an eye out on that. And this is a this is a really fun show. This is a Whoa. great show we just had. Great conversation. And and let's keep uh I just want to keep the, the good energy heading into the weekend because we need it for a track like Texas. Big bet. I'm 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 going through NFTs right now. I just found the one of me and uh, me and old Uncle Terry, and I just found the Dale Coin NFT in this stack. So I'm going to send you a picture of this, by the way, because I feel like you need this, and this is the good luck because I I didn't even know I had this. Perfect. All right. Well, good stuff. We'll see you, Garage Fam. Find us in the Discord. It's free. And uh, let's bag some motherfucking turnies and, uh, and stack some motherfucking cash.